Hello, this is Roger Williams, and I'm from Intelligent Linking, and I'm introducing this podcast from Belonging Pioneers, either part one or part two, depending on which one you're listening to, where I discuss the issues of privilege with Kami and Ishreen from Belonging Pioneers. And particularly, we're looking at some research that I recently conducted along with Belonging Pioneers and the analysis and results that we recently shared at a major event in London. At the outset of this research, we talked about a concept called the privilege eruption, which at the beginning we were thinking describes the reaction that people have to the use of privilege and the way in which organizations deal with or can handle or mitigate the damage that privilege could cause. But as this research progressed, we began to think that the privilege eruption is almost like any other form of natural eruption. It's something that happens in an unexpected way and can cause incredible amounts of damage. This particularly resonated with me when conducting the research and finding that, for instance, for a lot of organizations, the unexpected or the inappropriate use of privilege acts almost like a hidden ticking time bomb that could go off at any point and cause problems and issues for that organization and for the individuals involved. So please enjoy the upcoming conversation. And if you've got any questions about the work that we've conducted, the research, or any other queries, then please contact us in the normal way. Uh, with that said, enjoy the upcoming podcast. If you are a regular or new listener, please do think about subscribing to our podcast so you can be notified of future episode releases. And of course, it helps with our ranking and rankings help us with increasing visibility for our messages. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you next week. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. Tammy, so Roger has a an idea about the words privilege eruption. So I'm going to just see what you think. Over to you, Roger. I just thought that I was never quite getting the terminology, but privilege eruption. And then I kind of started to see it in that kind of opposite context to the way in which it was originally set. Because actually, you've used the term quite often as the privilege eruption, which is like the awareness of privilege and getting people and organizations to deal with it. Whereas I'm thinking a privilege eruption is like an outbreak of privilege inside your organization. And like an eruption, it never quite is prepared for or planned for. And when it, when it arrives, it can create devastating damage. 
um, to to the organization and far beyond anything that people um, can can um, prepare for. And just like any kind of eruption, you have to kind of live with the facts that earthquakes can happen and they can happen unknown and, and, and at points. But what you can do is you can prepare your organization to withstand it if it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought the privilege eruption in my con, in, in, in the way that I now then saw it, I thought a privilege eruption is something that you should mitigate against, something that organizations should try and prevent happening because we have to live with the fact that privilege is a is a is a is a coexistent factor in every organization isn't that really interesting i isreen isn't that really interesting that how we viewed it and how then because i suppose roger you're right you know we've never really tested how people view privilege eruption we've come at it from the point of view let's really get behind it and understand it become aware of it and then be able to channel it in the right way, steward it. That's your word, Ishreen, isn't it? Steward, yeah. yeah. And, and I thought that it, as a, this is the end of this series, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I was wondering whether we couldn't actually discuss today the fact that we use the term privilege eruption at the beginning to describe the, the uptake, etc. But actually, the, the wiser we got and the more knowledgeable we got and the evidence that we got from the report and the, the way that things happened around us and the way that people discussed this with us, we actually now have kind of done a 360 on the, on the term to see privilege eruption in, in, a, in a subtly different way, um, which I think is a useful way to look at it for, 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 for ongoing use. Which maps but, onto your ticking time bomb. The ticking concept. time bomb, yeah. Cammy, what do you think? I think it's great. I think we're having the conversation, aren't we? This is it. Yeah. yeah um, so, so let's restart this. No, no, no. We start here. This is it. We're having it. We're having it, Roger. Okay. So, we're doing it. okay. <laughs> All right. Fab. Fab. Um, no I, restart. And I suppose that's the point, isn't it? There's no restart to privilege. We start where we are at. Um, and we evolve, right? And we yeah, learn how to grow. And, and the thing is, it's not, it's nobody's fault or preserved identity because subconscious or unconscious considerations and feelings are things that we all we all show up with yeah. and we we just don't know how they're going to surface you know when or when they're going to create an eruption because you try your hardest to be conscious and um diligent and supportive and da da da, da in in the main in in the workplace but sometimes things, situations change. You, there's a set of circumstances, and then suddenly factors like privilege begin to come to the surface, both in the the way in which people articulate things, but also in the way that other people then react to what's being said and how it's being said and mm. why it's being said. And we we can. Because the data that we uncovered in the research shows that privilege is prevalent in 96% of all organizations and that 92% of people have experience of it, direct personal experience of it, either giving it or or, or getting it yeah. uh, exercised over them, that we 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 we've come to the one of the big conclusions of of this whole episode of research 
is that we've got something that we've uncovered that we've got to learn to live with. And, and at the same time, we're seeing the news is full of it. Yes. Because it's 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 everywhere. It's in politics, it's in policing, it's in healthcare, it's every headline. Yeah. You can and, see privilege at work, right? And I think that's what we've um that's where I'm left at the end of this series of um conversations um where we're looking into the impact of social justice at work um is that actually there are so many different facets to relative privilege and i really like that term relative privilege because actually it's not saying one person's higher than the other but we're all kind of in this ecosystem with different oh, nice. levels of privilege right so in 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 the um in our event, Balancing the Scales, and, and during this podcast series, we've looked at digital privilege and healthcare privilege and socioeconomic privilege. Roger, I think what you're talking about with the um, police and possibly in politics, it's, it's power privilege, right? Relative power privilege. Relative power privilege, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that links in with right the start of our series where we talked to Maria about restorative justice. Yeah. I mean, you might remember that she talked very much about that power that comes with that position. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, how how important it is to to really, I suppose, give space to having that shared accountability within organizations you know around around how we approach social justice and in, in the work context and how we how we approach structural violence mm. so and and where, how privilege and that that you know roger the research you know that you you've led on it shows that structural violence is playing it has a role to play but perhaps we don't call it that necessarily enough you know we don't recognize it necessarily and call it structural violence but that's what you're talking about isn't it where we it, abuse our privilege it, it 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 is it is and 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 i think it's a it's a modern leadership challenge because in a in a in a social media digitally connected always on always listening always reporting always finding world there's less scope for error um and in if you if we accept that for instance something like a, a breakdown of understanding of privilege can lead to some kind of very subconscious uh reaction in a in a particular set of circumstances the reality is is that that's going to get picked up mm. somehow and reported somehow and the higher profile occurrence is going to lead to high-profile headlines and re re and therefore, when we found that only twenty-eight percent of organisations have done anything about it, have actually seen it as a possible incident or a possible issue, why why is there nothing being done? Why aren't there any policies? 
And I think this brings me back to the conversation we had with Neil Cammy around authenticity, right? Um, That's right, yeah. You know, this whole thing about how do I be myself at work and the risks of that. And I think whatever level you're at with the privilege walk that Chardonnay did, you know, whether you're at the front or the back, there's a, there's this whole make wrong culture. And I think privilege has been associated with a make wrong culture. So if you're not, if you don't say this, you're, what is it? If, if you don't allow this conversation, you're being woke. If you have this conversation, you're being racist mm. or homophobic. And I was at a really interesting conference where I was privileged to um, run a session with the WISE campaign, Women in Science and Engineering. And um, there was a lady there I met, Andy McFarlane. She, she's the DNI director at um, AWE. And I love her philosophy. She comes from heart and she comes from acceptance and creating an environment in which each person can be themselves, mm. like genuinely be themselves. So, so um, what she talks about is a concept of a social conscience, which I think is really yeah. appro appropriate for our conversations about social justice at work. In order to have social justice, we've got to have a social conscience, right? And the social mm. conscience that, she advocates is letting everybody have their points of view, like each individual based on their upbringing and their values and where they come from, they'll have an opinion about everything. Right. But the challenge is to not make another person wrong because of your opinion. Just let them be, let them be heard, let them experience being valued, even if you disagree with what they're saying. And I, I think I loved it because years ago after 9-11, I set up this group called Women Engaged in Building Bridges with an amazing Jewish woman, June Jacobs, who sadly is no longer with us. And that's where we started. We started with our communities and we were in the kind of NW3 area. And we so we've got a very diverse demographic and we brought people together and we had conversations about, you know, what do we have in common? Where are we different? And how can we just be without each other's difference without being judgmental and making them wrong and attacking, you know? So I just think, I wonder if it's that's- hard work, that's, isn't it? Yeah, it is hard work. But I just think if we're actually going to achieve social justice at work and if we're going to create an environment in which we have equity, diversity, inclusion, and, and a sense of belonging, I wonder if that's what I need to go back to in our mm. practice. I wonder if that's what we all need to start thinking about. It's it's interesting um, in that a, um, a book I mentioned to you earlier, um, which is a quite a weighty tome from uh, Professor Ian McGilchrist, um, on subject, the matter of things, which goes on quite a lot. It's just, it's an extensive book. There's a, there's a lot of research in it, uh, and it's a challenging book to read. But one of the 
arguments he sets out at the beginning of the book to resolve is the fact that there is clearly an ongoing and increasing failing in leadership decision-making uh, and in all overall decision-making, whether that's in politics or industry or, or health or education or whatever, because the decision-maker is not comprehensively understanding the perspective of the issue and and this this is this is an interesting mix because it relates to what you've just said Ishreen, in the how do you take in dissenting views into account um do you take them into account to enable you to avoid the dissent dissent mm-hmm. so that when you re- when you come to your conclusion you can say i i heard it, i heard your argument so this is why i'm not going to listen to it or this is why it's not wrong not right or, or are you genuinely taking the, the the information on board before the decision is made? And there's a very, you know, there's a very subtle nuance yeah. between that when people make difficult, challenging decisions. Mm. Um, and so this comprehension of issues is, is quite quite interesting. Rather than, as he says, the way we do it now is the apprehension of issues. So we take the issues by the throat. And throttle it out and move on to the next decision. A, a a leading individual in the country yesterday said that if the findings of a of a re, of a review went in his favour, he'd be happy with it. But if not, it was obviously a kangaroo court. It, to paraphrase, um, five hours of of evidence. It's almost like the threat is: if you find me not guilty, how could you find anything else? Then I'm okay. Then you are you're okay. But if you don't find me not guilty, then you're obviously rotten to the core. Yeah. That's, that's, wow, that's privilege with a capital P. Well, that's also somebody who doesn't, um, who's so removed from reality. Like, so we get these people, we get these people in organizations as well, don't we? Who's so removed from reality that they think they can get away with anything. And 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 it's lacking a social. So it's a complete. It's almost like the removal of a social conscience. Yeah, yeah. Out, uh, out of that individual's head, which yeah. then allows them p- to pursue a route. Yeah. To everybody else, not every. No, unfortunately, not everybody else. But to yeah. a lot of people, is is yeah. just not. So, con- so you know, you and I, Roger, and and. Ka- me, I'm sure we've seen this happen in organizations where somebody thinks they can just get away with bad behavior, abusing their position of power. Um, I'm thinking of a, a scenario that I don't think I can talk about, but you know, there have been situations where, um, you know, and this is not a gender thing, this is just the example that comes to my mind where a, a senior director in a position of power will abuse that to get sexual favors in order to mm. enable someone just to keep their job or to get a promotion yes. it's kind of like it's, uh, to a large extent it. yeah yeah i mean to a large extent that the getting away with it um in my mind is about the culture they've formed and what they've assumptions they've made within that you know in terms of 
yeah. what's what what have we normalized what are we ignoring and therefore tolerating and therefore yeah. normalizing in that sense you know in terms of behaviors yeah. from our leadership team and in those situations i think it takes somebody with so much courage in their convictions mm. to risk their own position and call it out but but, but also the conviction of their own way of thinking, but also the ability to not worry about the impact of what they're saying on others. Mm. So for another aspect, not, not, not making this all about this, this book, but the other aspect of, 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 of the problem in decision making, in not looking at things in a comprehensive way and not taking other things into account, is that the, the knock-on effect of decisions then is also not properly understood. So you can make you make a decision based on your gut feel or or your general direction of travel or the way you work around here. Mm. This is the way we do it. If you don't like it, it, it the FIFO, not to use the terminology in full detail, um, which is used, which was used quite quite a lot in the nineties um, and, and the early two thousands. Um, if you don't if you don't follow the way that we do it, find somewhere else to work. If you don't like this country, go live somewhere else. It's yeah. it's that kind of, you know. I, I'm going to take a very thin view of it, but it's driven by my my beliefs and my you know my certainty that I my decisions are right. Yeah. And then the knock on effect, the yeah. ripples that that has, mm. are potentially so destructive. So there's I think a bit of a, a change, though. I I think there's a bit of a change, a tidal change, though. Don't you think? In terms of yeah, since the pandemic, you know, since lockdown, a lot of the organisations that I've seen are becoming a little bit more empathetic towards their workforce. Yeah, Everybody and well-being, left. mental health, all of these yeah. things are are becoming more part of the the broader EDI agenda somehow. Yeah. But what I'm also wondering about is whether now that we're coming into this kind of cost of living crisis and harder times, how do we encourage organizations to sustain that and not go back to the transactional way of operating? And my my thoughts on that are really, if you're going to sustain the cultural change, if you're going to evolve socially acceptable cultures or socially inclusive cultures, it has to start with values and behaviors, doesn't it? Vision, mission, values, and behaviors. And I know talking about that since, well, I've been talking about that since the 80s. I'm sure it was going on way before that. But how do you, how do you make that live rather than just be wallpaper in my um, recent experience i've tried a lot to move away from vision mission and values because that tends to enable an organization to reinforce some of the prejudices that it may have had and can quite legitimately say well our our vision as a business is this and our mission is to make that vision happen and our values are these things, these are the things that are important to us. And, you know, you don't really have to do any other things. Um, 
And, and I remember what, commenting to one person where we said, what do you think of our value statement? And I said, if you have to write down, be nice to people, then there's something wrong in your organization. I think you need to bring it to life. Roger, I, I, so if you stop at values, definitely. But I think yeah. you need to get to the layer below that, which is behaviors. Well, I, but in, in my, what I've been using recently is, is I, I, I've stepped away from vision, mission, and purely because they can be so divisive and vertical and kind of aligned to the bad side of things. They can, you know, the, the, I've, t I've tended to, to be more inclusive working with organizations by using terminology like what's your purpose? What's the value you're here to generate? not values that you have and how 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 does your integrity support that yeah and then the final how do you collaborate yeah with people around you and society to make it happen? i think yeah I yeah think i don't think, think there's anything right. different yeah i don't, I don't see a difference it's a that's subtle, right. it's, a subtle right. it's a subtle switch um but what, everything you've just said comes into what we would call behaviors yeah Yes. So, so if I if I can just yeah. just sort of add in that you know from a from a a, a culture transformation point of view, whether it's DNI or just broader, you know you wouldn't stop at values. You'd have to bring those values to life by actually articulating the sort of behaviours we'd expect to see at leadership level, at our manager level, at our, our, our team member level, and and not to not to sort of say that you know. Um, these are a wallpaper tick box exercise, but actually to then follow through with our systems, our processes, our practices, our KPIs, our, our customer perspectives, our, you know, make bringing it to life through meaning and meaningful decisions yeah. has to count for something as part of this transformation. So everything, Roger, you've said about um, how does your integrity show up? How do we make, how do we, create value in our organization all of that comes into the how then that all of that has to translate into yeah. helping bring alive our purpose yeah. our values our vision we really hope you enjoyed this episode thank you for joining us our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Tammy said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.